Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn Notebook, which is brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Be sure to check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. It's B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, bowersockteam.com. I mentioned Longhorn Baseball in action tonight. They open up the three-game weekend series with New Orleans at UFC Dish Falk Field. We'll be on the air, uh, and it'll be Roger Wallace uh, calling up Mike Hardball Harge on the call uh, as the analyst for all three games this weekend. So look forward to uh, Hardball Harge being on uh, tonight with Roger Wallace, tomorrow with Tom Barfield, and then with me on Sunday. So uh, that'll uh, that'll be the case this weekend for the three uh, Longhorn baseball games as uh, Texas plays host to the privateers of the U- University of New Orleans three-game weekend uh, series for Texas. Meanwhile, uh, Texas softball on the road. The um, uh, Longhorn softball team 22-4-1 as they go to work. And uh, they're playing in the South Florida Showdown, taking on Marist. Uh, That's coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon. You can hear it on 105.3 The Bat. They'll play a second game tonight at 6 o'clock against the host, South Florida that's at 6 o'clock also on 105.3 The Bat. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock against Lehigh. And then uh, they'll play Iowa at 6. And then on Sunday, one more game against South Florida. So uh, five more games for uh, Texas softball. And the Longhorns are 22-4-1 going into that. All right. Uh, back on the Vaqueros Caffeine and, can- and Cantina Caffeine, <laughs> the Vaqueros Cantina <laughs> hotline joining us. I was just thinking, I was just mentioning Matthew Meyer, um, Jeff, and I said I did not think as Jeff Howell rejoins us for this Longhorn Notebook. I didn't think he had any caffeine poisoning, but by the same token, uh, I don't know how much you got to see of Illinois and Arkansas. Uh, Matthew Meyer uh, was definitely not in a caffeine-induced euphoria when shooting the basketball yesterday. No, I got, I got to watch a little bit of that. You know, by the time I got to the arena, got to the game. Uh, it wasn't much of a game. You know, they Illinois did make a run, but man, yeah, it's 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 a shame that uh, that he's done. But I'm I'm telling you, we talked about it yesterday, Craig. Arkansas, I I called them the biggest wild card in the tournament, and and I think they are. When they've got it together, you see how talented they are. But mm-hmm. they're they're prone to one of those, you know five, six-minute stretches where it could all come unraveled. You know, I, I looked at that team yesterday, and all I could keep thinking about was uh, Halloween weekend, October 30th. And I thought, Texas beat this team by 30 points. And I thought, no, they didn't really beat this team. I mean, yes, the collection of bodies was the same, but this team is molded. Anthony Black obviously has really developed in his freshman year. He's clearly going to be a one and done. Uh, there's there's a lot of talent on that basketball team, and you're right, uh, dangerous. And I can see why you have them. You have them going to the Final Four, right? I had them in the Elite Eight, losing to TCU in the uh, the. I, I'm calling that the wheels off bracket. It's the West bracket. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's already been proven that the wheels off bracket is the South, Jeff. It's already that been is, proven that's there. True, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> with, yeah. With 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 a thirteen and a fifteen advancing in, in that one, but you may be right about that. And TCU plays tonight in their matchup against Arizona State, who won one of those first four games uh, to go there. All right, um, uh, back to the Longhorns, and and now getting ready for Penn State. 
uh, Jeff, a Penn State team that impressed with their three-point shooting and also with the way I think they just really kind of controlled the paint inside where the Aggies, if they weren't knocking down a three-pointer, they weren't getting much else last night. Yeah, that's what's interesting about Penn State, Craig. You know, they don't they don't, I don't think they overwhelm you with size, but they just do a really good job of just playing good team defense. Uh, I, I got to watch a little bit of them in the uh, in the Big Ten tournament, and, and that's one thing you notice. But as far as the shooting, I mean, look, I, there was a point last night where they were shooting 75% from three. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to shoot it that well tomorrow night, but Jalen Pickett's the guy to watch. I mean, this is a guy that's, a, you know, I don't remember if he was a first-team AP All-American, but I know he's been on multiple All-American teams. He's, you look at an NBA mock draft, you'll find him somewhere close to the top. Uh, one of the more talented players Texas will see this year. It's really interesting, Craig, back-to-back years now you'll have really talented guards from the Big Ten standing between you and a trip to the Sweet 16. Last year was Jaden Ivey at Purdue. This year is Jalen Pickett. But, uh, you know, what I'm I'm wondering is, uh, and I'm interested once we get over to the arena today and hear any buzz, the uh, Micah Strewsbury's candidacy at Georgetown seems like it's starting to pick up steam a little bit just in terms of him being a name that that they're going to target. So you wonder if that becomes a distraction and if it is, to what extent is it a distraction for Penn State? Yeah, yeah, it's it, that. I think that's a real good point. And then, uh, you know, to, to to carry your theme even further, I mean, you take it all back about that. Uh, uh, you, you think uh, rolling it back, you mentioned uh, with what they did with J- had to deal with with Jaden Ivey last year with Purdue with outstanding guards. I'll take you back to 2014, Karis Levert for for yeah. Michigan. Yeah, so they and uh, Nick, Nick, Stout, Nick Stauskas, yeah, that Michigan team was was really good. <laughs> yeah, so that was that. You know, the Longhorns have faced some of that in the second round. Speaking of Big Ten teams, right now Michigan up on USC twenty four fifteen as they go to the under eight timeout there uh, in the first half. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's this is this is going to be a different kind of challenge and quite the challenge that. Uh, the Longhorns are going to face. By the same token, uh, you know, will Penn State be able to properly match up inside with the Texas game inside? I think that's one of the things to keep track of tomorrow. Yeah, and I think maybe the most underrated thing we're not talking about from last night is, by the way, I didn't know until you said it earlier that Dylan DeSue has now gotten credit for for a double-double, so so good for him. It happened late, late, Uh, late last night when I got back to the hotel Scott McConnell told me, he said, by the way, they, they realized the stat crew uh, found it and said when they were going back through, they said, we missed a rebound. It was an offensive rebound of off his own missed shot and, uh, okay. and, and said he was do that because it was a quickly back up and in for him, and, uh, and they had missed that. So, yeah, his second double-double of the season and uh, did that with uh, the 17 points and 10 boards. But, you know, he, there was a point, Craig, he picked up his third foul maybe within that first for, – before the first media timeout in the second half. Mm-hmm. And Christian you know, Christian Bishop only played 17 minutes last night, but he had that sequence in the second half when DeSue was on the bench with foul trouble that, you know, he drew a foul, you know, got to the foul line, got a couple of tough buckets, had some really good, you know, a couple of really good defensive possessions, had a block shot that led to a bucket at the other end. I felt like Christian Bishop's energy, and, you know, talking to Timmy Allen, he said that's the what CB does that people don't see is he's going to give them an energy play. It's going to be, you know, and then Dylan DeSue said the same thing. He's going to give you a block shot, or he'll catch an alley-oop like he did from Tyrese Hunter. 
and throw it down. He's going to give you those energy plays, and his motor can really carry them through some lulls and keep them going. So I just need to give Christian Bishop props because those 17 minutes CB gave you, but specifically that time when DeSue went to the bench in foul trouble and CB had to come in, especially knowing going back to, to what RT said in the postgame when we heard the cut, you know, knowing that they were going to give up some stuff inside to protect the three-point line. I thought the, the the forwards for Texas last night really battled. I thought Dylan Mitchell, Craig, had a couple possessions where, you know, competed and just threw his body around and kind of did what he had to do, even though he was, uh, you know, records and some of those other guys. And, and Woodward had you know, the weight advantage on him and the size advantage on him. I just felt like he did a good job of just throwing his body around, just being tough. Uh, but, you know, again, Christian Bishop, those minutes he gave – Texas when the went to the bench were it was huge and then I I know I talked about them enough right now but I don't think in general the Royal we we are talking about them enough. Yeah, and 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 it's a good point uh about Dylan Mitchell because I was watching when he was on the floor and the coaches were you know directing him in a couple of places to be in the right spot and he moved quickly and got in the right spot and I and I think that that was uh you know crucial for him to show that he could respond to the respond to the moment and step into it because we know he's still a work in progress. He's going to be a work in progress. He'll be a work in progress next year. But we know about how talented he is and uh, what his upside can and could be if he continues to develop. And, and I know the coaching staff believes him. They think he will develop into something special. There might not be a better example – of how good their culture is in that locker room than the way he and Arterial Morris have embraced their roles. And they're not big roles, but they've embraced their roles in the minutes they're on the floor. They don't mind doing the little things that are going to impact the game. I mean, Terrio had a really critical possession in the first half where he you know, forces a tie ball. Uh, you know, to When Texas had a turnover, then he forces a tie ball and they get it back. Uh, he, he had a couple of really, you know, defensive plays that aren't going to show up on the stat sheet, but you watch it in the flow of the game and it stands out. I just, you know, when you've got guys, and we've seen this with some guys at Texas before, when you've got guys that are as highly touted as they were coming out of high school, you get to a point where the minutes aren't what you thought they would be, your role isn't what you thought it would be, and maybe you you put it in cruise control, you you know whatever. It's just you're you're not completely with it. Those guys have been completely with it from day one, and you could say the same thing. I mean, I've heard the same stuff about Roland Brumball, even though he's redshirting. He he asks questions to the point where he annoys some of the older guys because he just wants to know so much. These these young guys on this roster are like sponges, and I I just think it's really cool the way those two guys specifically though have have accepted their roles, they've embraced them, and and when they're on the floor. Uh, especially Terry O'Craig with the growth he's made. You know, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, hey, you know, when they were having – Marcus Carr was having the shooting woes and they were having those long spells that they were going without field goals. I'm saying, look, you might have to deal with the bad Arterio Morris to get the upside of the good Arterio Morris. Now when he's on the floor, we're just seeing – knock on wood, we're just seeing less of the bad Arterio Morris. Maybe he's he's kind of turning a corner and, and you know, that rate of development is, is starting to get accelerated. Yeah. Uh, just a, a, an update for folks, and because it, it, in case there are some people, Jeff, who are wondering, hey, you know, maybe I'll just flip around and watch the different games and see what's going on, and then maybe if there's an upset brewing, watch that or whatever. Uh, I would suggest, if you're a Longhorn fan, 
the game that's on True TV right now in my hometown of Greensboro is Xavier and Kennesaw State. Clearly, the bracketing would indicate if Xavier defeats Kennesaw State and then wins its second round game uh, against the winner of Iowa State and uh, and uh, Pitt, that would be the opponent for the Longhorns in Kansas City in the Sweet 16. And Xavier out to an 11-5 lead on Kennesaw State in that game. But you have Iowa State advancing through to the Sweet 16, don't you? I do, yeah. I mean, uh, it, the, the Gabe Kalsher factor, Craig, it's big. He could he could have one of those games where he goes off for, you know, 25, 30 points and has six or seven threes. The hot perimeter shooter uh, there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, so we'll see how it goes with Xavier and Kennesaw State. Again, it's 13-5 Musketeers, and they haven't even played four minutes into the game. And, and here's the other element out of that. Uh, remember – uh, you know, that one of the things that happens in the NCAA tournament, head coaches in this day and age of the portal quite often wind up coaching against one or more of their former players. And uh, in the case of Xavier, of course, it's it's uh, Sule Bull, right? The guy who had played for Rodney Terry at UTEP. And uh, he could wind up going against him in the second, in the uh, third round, in the Sweet 16, if uh, and uh, Sule Boom is a guy who leads Xavier in minutes played. He averages almost 40 minutes a game, 37 to be exact. And uh, he's a guy who played for Rodney at UTEP. And Rodney said, "Yeah, they tried to get him. You know, when he was on Chris Beard's staff to transfer to Texas, he wound up going to Xavier. So, and and of course, the Longhorns opened the season and the Moody Center against." UTEP, not counting the exhibition against Arkansas, but they played UTEP. But Rodney wasn't the head coach, or in this case, the interim head coach. He wasn't that. So you could see that uh, in the uh, Sweet 16 round, him being a head coach, coaching against one of his former players, which I don't think we've seen to this point. Have we? Uh, no, no, we haven't. But here, here's here's another tidbit about the portal, Craig, and, and RT obviously can't get in the specific guys, but he said this in the age of roster building, I mean, they've got a board and they're keeping track of who's in the portal. And, and obviously the task at hand is, is the NCAA tournament. So they're not, you know, being as active as maybe some others are in the portal right now, but they've, mm-hmm. they're keeping track of that list of guys. As we know, I mean, <laughs> roster building in college basketball is a year to year proposition. So they're, they're, they're keeping an eye on the portal. And as soon as they get an opportunity to do so, they'll, They'll get in there and start mixing it up a little bit because we know we know there's going to be a lot of roster turnover, regardless of portal entries or anything else. There's just a lot of guys on this roster that are, that don't have the opportunity to come back. It'll be like, yeah, you can you can go play basketball, but it can't be in the division the division one level anymore. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, all right, hey, I'll see you over at the arena later uh, this afternoon. Yeah, here in a couple hours. Yep, sure. uh, Jeff, I'll be over there as well. That's our Longhorn Notebook.